Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thursday, July 22nd, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, the Indians salvaged a win in Houston, snapped a seven-game losing streak against the Astros, uh, avoid getting swept in the season series against Houston, and uh, it was Eli Morgan, Ernie Clement, you know, all the big names that you expected to be contributors at the beginning of the season, uh, stepping up huge for the Indians last night. <laughs> Definitely, Joe. That was like the uh, B team was out there, or the Columbus Clippers uh, were out there in at Minute Maid F- uh, Park, and uh, they did. They played well. They, you know, they, they, you know, uh, you know, Morgan. I thought probably might have been his best start, but you know, he still can't get through that that sixth inning. I think Tito could have let him go there, but I think when he gave up the leadoff double to Maldonado, he had seen enough, and he wanted to go to the bullpen. Yeah, uh, for for Morgan, it's what five straight inning or five straight outings of at least five innings. He's he's given them so at a time when this team has been desperate for somebody to to at least give them five innings and, and get them uh, to the bridge guys in the bullpen. He's at least doing that. He's at least giving them a chance here. Uh, and he left the game last night with a lead. Uh, Brian Shaw wasn't able to let uh, to make that hold up, but. Uh, you know, thanks to Cesar Hernandez, uh, you know, sort of clubbing his 16th home run of the year, his new career high in home runs, uh, the Indians were able to pull it out. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Ernie Clement gets the big, uh, the big hit to put him up 4-2, clears the bases with the double. Uh, he's in there for a Jose Ramirez, who missed his second straight game with that elbow. And uh, Clement, one of those rookies that have come up from uh, – Columbus and, and done a done a good job, you know. Done, you know, it's kind of bounced around, you know. But this was the first time we've seen him drive the baseball, and that, that was encouraging. Yeah, Tito says um, that he likes the way Clement stays short to the baseball, and he has a good line drive stroke. And so uh, his approach against Brian Abreu there uh, in in that at bat, he had seen Abreu throw eight of nine uh, sliders uh, prior to that in the the at bat before him. So he came up there sort of looking for it, and, and he jumped on it early when he got that first pitch slider. He, he drilled it up, up the alley in left field. Yeah, you know, he had seen, uh, you know, Abreu uh, strike out uh, Perez and Chang with that slider with the bases loaded. You know, and it looks like, you know, there, an opportunity is going to slip away from the Indians like it had that, that pattern had been developing earlier in the game. But he was taking no chances. He was looking for the slider. He got it on the first pitch of the bat and he drilled it. He, he did not miss it. Yeah, it was a, it's a good approach, especially for a rookie. I mean, he, he's, he's, he's looking and he's learning and watching. So uh, you've got Clement, you've got Morgan, you've got Hernandez contributing. Uh, Brian Shaw, of course, 
you know, not exactly the greatest outing, but he, he gets the uh, he gets the win, even though he gave up the tying runs. Yeah, he kind of backed into that. Uh, I think Tito said it didn't work out quite the way he wanted it to. I think he was referring to, uh, you know, Shaw giving up the uh, uh, that 4-2 lead, but he kept it tied. Uh, then, like you said, Joe, you know, Hernandez hits the, uh, the go-ahead home run and uh, the bullpen, Maton, um, uh, Class A, and Karen Check uh, bring it home. Uh, involved in all that, uh, obviously, with, with that win, a big win for the Indians, uh, sort of gets them feeling better coming uh, home to, to face Tampa Bay and in a, a long uh, weekend series. But uh, you walk out of that park also giving Terry Francona win number 721 with the Indians. That ties him with Mike Hargrove for uh, second place all time on the Indians managerial win list. Yeah, that's amazing to me. I, you know, it just seems like Tito, you know, started, they hired Tito last year, but he's been, this is his ninth year, uh, you know, eight straight winning seasons previous to this, you know, a, a trip to the World Series, three division titles. And he's tied with Grover and, you know, Grover had that great run with those nineties teams, uh, you know, all the division titles, the two American league pennants and trips to the world series, uh, two great managers and uh, they're tied right now. And, you know, Tito inevitably is going to be the uh, franchise leader. I think uh, <clears throat> he needs eight more wins to pass mm -hmm. uh, Lou Boudreaux. Yeah. Eight, eight more wins will get him past Lou Boudreaux. He'll be the Indians' all-time winningest manager. We've we've talked about this, and and what was uh, Tito's response when when this was brought up in the post game that he tied with Grover? Uh, you know, the only thing he, it, it, he Tito always being deferential himself said it just gives him a chance to talk about Grover, and and that was a really that's a really great opportunity for us because we get to hear you know all the stories. But uh, I thought it was really funny what he had to say about Grover when he uh, when it was brought up after the game. Yeah, that was, that was fun. And uh, he said, uh, you know, he said he was honored to, uh, you know, share, share the spotlight with Grover, but he also said Grover was the worst golfing partner he ever had. And he said, you guys can put that first before, you know, before, before the nice things he had to say about. Him. And, and, and that's sort of true. You think about Mike Hargrove and how long it took him just to step into the batter's box as a player. Could you imagine him standing over a tee shot? Uh, on a golf course, it's probably, probably what, uh, Tito is, is referencing. Uh, who knows, but, uh, I, I could imagine that would be a, a fun foursome to be a part of if you're, uh, if you're playing a, a, a round with Tito and Grover, uh, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would definitely, I'd like to hear those stories. And, uh, I don't know if Grover would take his, you know, his golf clubs on and off or, you know, tighten them up, loosen them up, uh, Go to his, you know, do the wiggle, put the put the driver, you know, rested on his leg. So I don't know if he had the the human rain delay. It was it was works in if that's in effect for golfing. I'm I'm just imagining, you know, the the sound of the Velcro on the golf club is probably, <laughs> you know, just over and over again with with Grover is is what Tito is referencing. Uh, so yeah, you know, we expect. Uh, hopefully, he's able to do it at home. Hopefully, Tito's able to to win. Uh, number 729 at home so that the Indians fans can, you know, show him the appreciation that, that he deserves from, from, you know, just the last nine seasons of, of what he's built and what he's been able to accomplish here in Cleveland. Yeah. It, and it's uh, this is, you know, maybe 
I don't know if this is his best year managing, you know, but it's certainly right up there, you know, considering what they've been through with the injuries, Joe, that nine game uh, losing streak, uh, you know, slash payroll, you know, the exodus of, uh, you know, the, you know, you know, a lot of uh, veteran talent and they're doing it kind of with smoke and mirrors here with, you know, with a, a, a rotation made up of three rookies and, and Cal Quantrill, who started the year in the bullpen. Um, so, and, you know, Zach Plesak is finally back, but it is, you know, he's, this is, uh, this is, if it's not his finest moment, it's close to it. And we still don't know how it's going to end up either. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it's not clear how the, the season will end or, or which way things will go, but uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe Tito should get, some outside, maybe down ballot consideration for a uh, manager of the year right now, uh, just based on, like you said, what he's been able to do with the pitching staff and just to keep things afloat. Uh, really, Joe, though, if you if you look at this season overall, I think this might just be, uh, a, you know, get these guys through the season and yeah. then look forward to building something next year, maybe with uh, uh, an increase in payroll and, and the ability to add some more players if the, the ownership situation sort of uh, works out in some way. Yeah, that's a great point. Because you look at that lineup, Joe, last night, you've got Clement, Chang, uh, Mercado, Bradley, um, you know, Johnson comes in for Reyes on defense, um, and then Zimmer's batting leadoff. All, you know, most of those guys weren't even on the team, you know, come opening day, on opening day. Right, yeah, and like, and like you said, just to be able to – get these guys to where they are right now, even though they're only what, two, three games above 500, it's still uh, in, in contention. And as we're looking and getting ready to head towards the trade deadline, uh, it's it, these next sort of maybe seven to 10 games are gonna sort of dictate what, what the Indians are able to do. Yeah, definitely. You know, they've got, and it's, you know, they've got a tough, a really a talented uh, Tampa Bay club uh, for four that, you know, they, I think they've lost eight straight against the Rays. Uh, the Rays are coming off a walk-off win over uh, Baltimore. Uh, so they're, you know, they're, they're playing well. And, you know, they swept uh, the Indians at Tropicana Field right before the break through a seven-inning no-hitter against them. And I think it looks like the Indians will be facing at least three left-handed starters for, uh, against the Rays. So that it's going to be a, it's going to be a test. Definitely. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why, uh, Tito said that they brought up Chang, not just because he was playing well in, in Columbus, but, but also because they're going to need that, that right-handed bat. I can imagine Bobby Bradley, especially if that back is barking at him, maybe giving him a couple of days off, uh, in, in this, uh, Tampa Bay series, not, not a bad uh, team to have to miss a series for, uh, if you're Bobby Bradley. Yeah, definitely. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com and you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup and it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the cleveland baseball talk podcast why sign up hear from one of our subscribers 
I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years, and uh, my son was born and raised here, and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even He's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. <laughs> so thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Okay, let's shift our focus and and, and, and talk really about the, the upcoming trade deadline and you know, there there might not be a lot of movement. There there might be uh, for the Indians. But, hey, you know, as it stands right now, we're, we're thinking and we're sort of getting the sense that if they do make moves, they're going to be small moves or sort of like that that soft sell where, uh, where you sell off maybe a, a Cesar Hernandez or an Eddie Rosario, but not any big piece that um, sort of is, is, is part of your future plans here. Uh, but let's let's throw a few names out there. And just get a sense of where what you think might happen with some of these guys, and you know what what the future might hold just at the trade deadline. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, of, of options here, especially for for some of these teams that aren't contending uh, that could make some big moves here. Uh, let's start with uh, a guy in Baltimore who we we got to see a couple of times in the first half of the season. Uh, really liked what he what he brought. Uh, also, uh, he's a, a big story. Trey Mancini. Uh, having a really good season, showing a lot more power. Uh, this is a guy who, who might be a, a good pickup if you're a, a contending team or if, like the Indians, depending on, you know, what his, his uh, contract situation is, maybe you try and, you know, make a move for a guy like that to, to solidify your outfield. Boy, that, that, would, be a, that would be a great uh, pickup because he certainly, you know, has had a great first half. Uh, he's, uh, you know, showing power. He's come back from colon cancer. Um, really, that would that would be an interesting trade, a tough trade for the Orioles to make, though, don't you think, Joe? You know, with their fan base and the identity he's kind of forged with them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it, it's hard to to move a guy like that, but uh, if if you're thinking about the future and you're thinking about flexibility in your 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 Baltimore, you know, you could probably acquire. Uh, some sort of pitching return, and that's really what you're desperate for if you're if you're the Orioles. Uh, we just saw the Athletics, and they'll be coming back around. Uh, Mitch Moreland, a name that's bouncing around as as a guy who could could possibly move. He's a DH, and the uh, the Indians, you know, uh, he's a I believe he's a switch hitter. Uh, there's a, a possibility there because uh, he plays first base as well. Yeah, you know, he's a left-handed power hitter. Uh, I think he got moved at the deadline last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of a rent, you know, a hired gun and he could certainly, he's going to provide some power for somebody if, if, you know, if that's, if that's the direction you go in, uh, you know, just a veteran hitter who knows what he's doing. Uh, these next couple of guys here would probably be on the high end or, you know, probably be sort of a, a, a would cost you dearly if not, uh, in, in terms of. Uh, player capital, definitely prospect capital. 
Uh, we're talking about Mitch Hanniger of the Mariners and uh, Joey Gallo of the Rangers. Joey Gallo, uh, obviously being sought by uh, teams like the Yankees uh, to, to help with their outfield needs. But uh, if, if we're talking about outfielders, Mitch Hanniger, uh, a guy who always kills the Indians when they face him, and, uh, and, and Gallo, a guy that can definitely bring the, uh, the kind of pop that they need. Oh, my goodness. Both those guys. I don't think they could find a spot for either one of those guys. Do you, Joe? The Indians in the outfield? I, I, I don't know. It, it's so crowded out there. Uh, <laughs> you, they would have to prove they definitely have to prove it, wouldn't you think? Yeah. But and the thing about Gallo is, you know, he's this, this big guy. He looks like, you know, this is a DH in the making. But, you know, he is really a talented outfielder. He can play yeah. all three positions and he's got incredible power, just you know, light tower power, uh, that would be, that would be, my mouth would drop open if they, if they got him. And I love Hanniger too. I mean, like you said, Joe, every time we've seen him, he looks like, uh, you know, Joe DiMaggio. Right. Uh, as far as Joey Gallo goes, that, that would be a huge steal to, to get him out from under the Yankees if they're eyeing him. And I really, like you said, uh, his, he, he, he wouldn't be a concern to put him in the outfield and, and, and just let him play out there. That That's your right fielder if you get him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Great arm. Yeah. can move. He, I mean, and he's got – I mean, all he does is, is drive the ball. You know, he just, he just hits the ball out of any park. Well, the Indians have already fleeced the Rangers once in a trade, I think, uh, uh, recently uh, when, they, when they sent Corey Kluber that way uh, yeah. for Emmanuel Class A. So – uh, who knows if how receptive uh, the 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 Rangers would be in that regard? A uh, couple more names that are that are out there, uh, outfielders available. Uh, Starling Marte of the Marlins. Uh, you know he's he's a little on the older side, 32 years old, but a guy who the Indians could you know definitely find a place for for him out there. And probably the biggest and most ridiculous and. Uh, you know, way, way un unreachable uh, name out of any outfielder available uh, might be Chris Bryant with the Cubs. Uh, can't see the Indians coming even close to, you know, being in the talks for a, a guy like a Bryant or even a Marte at this point. But uh, those are names of outfielders that are they're definitely on the block and being shopped and, and available right now if, if the Indians are looking to make a move. Yeah, Marte, you know, when, when Pittsburgh sent him to the Marlins, the Indians were in on him big time. You know, they like him. They've liked him for a long time. But what would the, you know, so it, it, I don't know. Is he a free agent at the end of this season? I think. Yeah, he, he can become a free agent at the at the end of the season and test the market. Is, is so it would be a rental, you know, if they could get him. I mean, he would be perfect. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, and it would only be, what, a, a two-month deal, but. Uh, that, maybe, that maybe, you, maybe you pull the miracle and you trade for him and you convince him to stay after that and and, <laughs> and somehow you find the money to pay him but uh, yeah not not the most likely scenario uh, as, as far as what's available and what's out there uh, for uh, the trade market as we get closer and closer to the deadline we'll, we'll do yeah, this again I was thinking Joe that you know if if they were in first place you know by what eight games Maybe they do it then. Maybe they maybe they're they're serious then. You know. Yeah, and if you're if you're in if they were in position to make the playoffs, even if they were, uh, you know, within a few games of the wild card. But right now they're not even within a few games of the wild card. So, 
all of this is just speculation and and really i think the most likely scenario is that they sort of hold hold firm stand pat and if anything they're they're soft selling off some of those veteran guys maybe yeah i think you i think you're you're on the right track there all right we'll do this again with uh maybe some pitching options uh the next time we we talk uh should be here again tomorrow uh here on the cleveland baseball talk podcast Twenty, good to talk to you all right joe 